Hey guys, I just had an amazing chat with Gurmeet, who is the founder of Oikitan. We discussed how to fail forward fast. We discussed CSR activities. We discussed the dark side of entrepreneurship, which I think is nobody talks about, right? And we also discussed how to survive the pandemic, or if you survive the pandemic, how did you do it, and how do you measure success, right? And I think that's a very, very important measure for all of us. That how do we measure success? How do we measure happiness in life? And many things. Gurmeet, we met through a common friend, yeah, and uh, she's dear to both of us. And I'm so glad that she introduced us. And I think it took us way too long to meet because I'd heard about you from her. So and did I. Think, I. Uh, exactly right. So uh, you're the founder of Oikidan. What is the inspiration behind Oikidan? My mother. So I've grown up eating home food, and I've thrived on it. I really love um, the concept of eating at home more than dining out. And I really felt that clean home style food is something that everyone wants all the time. So, and I saw that whatever we've been consuming at home, I think, is a great fit for what the market needs. So, it was a perfect plug-in. Obviously, it, I didn't stumble over it just suddenly or something. It was something that I had to think about for quite some time. And after a lot of brooding and everything, we got onto how exactly should we get into food. And more importantly, in the food aspect, like how exactly can something scalable? Because my background's uh, economics, and I've uh, been into the financial domain. So anything which is scalable is what I wanted to do. So not a restaurant. If not a restaurant, what exactly can it be? So I started off with Spice Box, which is a Tiffin Service Pan Mumbai, which is my maiden venture, which is still on. And we served more than two to three million meals so far with oh, Spice Box. Wow. Yeah, and. Um, Oikida was something after we saw the kind of tide which was coming up with um, with uh, your food pandas and tiny owls, etc. and everything. The on-demand delivery segment was booming. This is pre-Swiggy and Zomato days. And we saw that you know, this is a good segment to be in. And parathas are the Indian pizzas. Mm. People <laughs> love them for breakfast, lunch, evening snack, dinner. And I said yes. And we have a great... Uh, uh, chef at home who makes amazing parotta. So I think replicating this on scale will be something that would be easy. So that's how that is the inspiration. Yeah. And why the name Oikida? So Oikida is a greeting in Punjabi. Oikida can mean anything. Oikida can mean like, hey, what's up? How have you been? It's the Indian, uh, it's the Punjabi howdy. So right from how's your business been? How is your health? How's your family? When you say Kidna, it encapsulates everything. everything. So. I think Oi uh, is a very good way of calling somebody like in Punjabi, like it shows that, you know, you're a pal because it shows a little informality. And when you say Oi Kiddam, it's like a very warm greeting the way you would greet somebody at home. So the main inspiration behind this was your mother. The uh, name is also, you know, Punjabi. But is that something you always wanted to do? Like when you started out, when you were like 18, did you think that this is what... No. You wanted to do? No, no, no. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. So when you were 18, what was your vision of the world? What did you want to do? So at 18, I was very clear that I wanted to be in the financial domain. Very, very clear. And in fact, that's why I pursued my master's in economics. Um, and then I was um, very fortunate to become an investment banker at 20. And like I got into... Um, Edelweiss and then moved to Standard Chartered and those gave me a lot of exposure in in a very early um, stage of my life. But I was very clear that finance is the domain that I want and I really, really love being in that uh, on that side of the table. If you ask me honestly, what do I take care of um, the business side right now? I would still say finance. Okay. So <laughs> if you ask me, has have things changed multitude? No, the answer is not. I'm still doing the same thing what I did um, at a different um, uh, scale compared to when you're doing um, large ticket sizes or you're managing funds, etc. It is not exactly similar to that, but on the periphery of whatever I was doing, the principles, mota moti, remain the same. So, so, when you started, you had a vision of where the brand should be. Hmm. Your brand is how many years old now? Six. Are you where you think when you started and you know you imagine, let's say, five, six years where you would be? Are you there? Are you ahead? Are you behind? Where are you? I was there in 2019, 2020. Nice. 
but I'm behind my own uh, vision right now because the pandemic hit us really hard. So we were had we had 40 kitchens across 13 cities, all uh, cell phone, no franchises, etc. So the control was completely with us. Then the joy of uh, scaling your business on your own, not answerable to anybody, was great. And so everything still remains the same. And actually. The pandemic set us back by three to four years, to be honest. So because till March 2020 itself, we had all the branches live, 40. And right now, as we speak, 20 are live and 20 are going live this year. Oh, wow. So okay. uh, in terms of a career perspective and vision perspective, we should have been at the 60, 70 mark this year. And we are just going back to the pre-pandemic level. So yes, but uh, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So there were great learnings during the pandemic, which I think, because I see myself doing this business for 50 years. I mean, I, it's not something that I got into for a short stint. And just like you, we, like you understand that from an entrepreneur's point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. No, so it gives you a great pleasure to build something when you are building it for a long tenure. Correct. The more, um, the shorter the tenure, the more uneasy you yourself get like, oh my God, you, you're breathless. When you comfortably think 50 years, your vision changes. You're like, hey, I'm enjoying the changes I'm bringing about in the business. I'm really enjoying the new tech which is coming in. So tech, I think, and speaking of tech, the reason why we call ourselves food tech, and because even a vada pav guy selling his vada pavs on Swiggy or Zomato can call themselves Correct. a food tech player. But that's not the case. When you all pillars of your business speak to each other, you have data speaking to each other. I can sit on a Friday, um, peak lunch hour and talk to you like this without my phone buzzing is where the techs already in play uh, 40 branches would be doing their task everything is speaking to each other and like you know the finances at the end of the day so I think that is where over the last 10 years I've seen five generations of um, five tech generations nice. the leaps that mm -hmm. the food industry would have taken mm -hmm. and it is so good to be in this industry at this time I mean um Things have become much more easier. The the ease of scaling has um, has increased tremendously. I would say easily tenfold. So even though you said that you're behind your own vision, the fact that you survived the pandemic yeah. puts you far ahead of a lot of other people. Like I remember uh, I had a vision for us. The pandemic obviously slowed me down. And I was talking to one of my mentors and investor. And I told him that, hey, you know, we are falling behind on our numbers. He said, Ashwin, You've moved the company through a pandemic. Yeah. Do you know how many other businesses have shut down? Shut down. Do you know how many other labs have shut down in our specific business lab world? And he's like, I think you're doing fantastic. At the same time, we did something very counterintuitive. While we had slowed down because of the pandemic, we decided to go full guns on our expansion. Yeah. From two labs, we went to six labs. We went 5x on our sales team. We did a lot of crazy stuff. And everyone looking was like, He's lost his marbles. Yeah. Or, oh, fund is to pura fund. Uda fund is going to So, we are not, the fund wasn't raised for this. Yeah. And uh, we've not blown up the fund. However, taking those bold moves has today put us in another league. Right. right? So, using adversity to your advantage, I think, becomes a key factor. And yeah. even if it slowed you down, that slingshot effect you say, right? Now, when you slowed down, it also meant that you had a little more freer time, hopefully, which in which you could create better systems so that when you go from a 20 to 40 to 60 to 100, you're able to scale it with ease. You know, but Ashwin, all these things are so easier said than done oh, because <laughs> you know what you went through, you know what <laughs> I went through because um, I had a meltdown, a proper meltdown when you suddenly see so many years of your career sh uh, completely come to a standstill. True. April 2020 um, was some was a time when you couldn't breathe, right? Where you don't know like when will this reopen? End. What do you mean by a lockdown? What do you mean that there's zero movement? So when lockdown yeah. started, it was a two week thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I end remember uh, our new office was ready. Hmm. We were supposed to move in. Ribbon yeah. lagaya tha. Beautiful building. Yeah. Like the whole ribbon was put, yeah. everything was kept and uh, this whole lockdown announcement came. I remember telling my team also, Chalo guys, chalo, you know, we'll open the new year in the new office. Yeah. So at April, what, end of March, the lockdown came. We said, first April, ke jaga, we will probably open up the office on 10th April, 17th April. Ko so we'll meet in the new office. Two buses, that building was like this. Luckily, it's our own building. So it yeah. wasn't that bad. 
and we did reopen the office two years later because what the lab did, they started consuming our space. So by the way, when we decided to open up and go back to work, there was no space for like marketing, That's tech, a good sales. It's a good problem, good problem to have. Luckily, we had a yeah. space, space to move into, right? Uh, so the pandemic, uh, while it was devastating, it taught us so many more lessons. Yeah. It was harsh. It uh, We did take a hit. We had to take a lot of hard decisions. But it also made us so much more stronger. We focused on our tech. We focused on our process. We did the whole uh, remote work. So today we have more people outside our office working for us than inside our office, which is very, very interesting. I mean, if you told me this five years ago, I would have said, are you mad? Then Delhi, I need an office. I need yeah. a sales office. I need Absolutely. this office. I need that office. Today, so many of our teammates work from outside. But Ashwin, you know, all these things, they sound very glamorous, right? Like when I say, so it's something that you, when when you're speaking in front of the camera, you want to sound cool, etc. and everything. But let's talk a little about the dark side, which you have to face as an entrepreneur. Which I, for the first time, went through. So, uh, I, fortunately, so we've, you failed many times. I've failed many times. I think I've failed more times than I've passed. <laughs> yeah, but this is when you're, when you've, when you've passed, okay, you're going to get your mark, your mark sheet, okay. You know, you've got a uh, fairly good percentile. You're happy about it. And suddenly the college shuts down. That's what that's what lockdown was practically. You're like, hey, what do you mean I have to study again? So <laughs> that, that that mindset of being there that okay, I have to redo this. Okay. Uh, and it came as a challenge. I think I had a complete meltdown for three months where I went in I'm I'm uh, very close to my family and friends, etc. And I generally am very um I like mingling with them. And we have a massive family, you know about that. So many cousins, many friends. The first time ever for three months, I went into a complete shell. And uh, I had no idea. So all the things that we did, were, which speak of us being like good uh, entrepreneurs right now. Why? Because we being cockroaches survived the, you know, the, the blast to be, to put it in that way. But it was not easy for us cockroaches too, because it shook my mental health. I didn't know how to gather my own uh, energies and get back together because I said, this is a complete uphill task again. And I've lost my capital. I've lost my time and I'm going to redo this. So I think um, every battle is first one in the mind and then on the battlefield is what my granddad had taught me, but I first experienced it in April 2020. It shattered me. I had to recollect every single piece and rebuild myself from scratch again. But again, learning experiences were great. But that time, that time was dark. That dark time um, where only you were trapped inside your own mind. How you get over that is what I think makes or breaks you. So I think it's great to speak about it that, okay, we were the few who survived and now you're getting, all right, let's get back to fundraising, etc. All that is cool, dude. First, take care but of your the, mind. The but mind meld that you go through, unfortunately, oh is never spoken about in public. Nobody speaks about Nobody it. speaks about it. Everyone wants to be glamorous. Everyone wants to be like, hey, yeah, systems, text yeah. and it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Fundraise, round. So, yeah. I'm very glad that you brought that up because today entrepreneurs go through so many stresses that nobody knows about, right? And uh, I think if you want more people to be aware that it's okay to speak about yeah. these things publicly. Yeah, yeah. So there have been a couple of stigmas in our society. One has been around therapy. Yeah. I am so glad that people have started talking yes. about taking therapy. Uh, today I was interviewing a, a, a habit coach hmm. and he was telling me, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend and uh, I was telling her, oh, when things go bad, I will start taking therapy. But she's like, no, no things are going great. Now, now is the time, is the time, to, time take, for now is the time to take therapy, which is a fantastic, uh, you know, move. And I'm so glad that he got it up on camera. Uh, going to a coach, if you want to learn a new sport, if you want to get into uh, any kind of wellness, if you want to get mentally fitter, mentally stronger, you want to develop a mental muscle, yep. then you need to have a mental coach. Another name for a mental coach, by the way, is therapist. 
or a wellness coach or whatever you want to call it. But I think having that is critical. The second stigma is talking about failures. Hmm. So many people will always only talk about their victories yeah. in public, in friends, on media. I have such few that I only talk about failures. <laughs> but I, I think talking about failures, uh, sharing the lessons that you went through, sharing your learnings, uh, sharing what you did wrong. Like till now, I have shut down six different yeah. ventures. And the reason I talk about publicly is I'm hoping that at least one person who hears this story, one person, that's all. If, I, if one person changes their mind because the story, I think I've done my job. Yep. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail publicly. It's okay to fail financially. It is okay to fail emotionally. Yes. It is okay to fail and it is okay to restart and it is okay to talk about it. If I'm able to bring that little change just to one person's mind, I think I've done what I'm supposed to do. So, I mean, there are so many people who, when you, when you see the kind of, because you and me have both been in the corporate domain before. And what distinguishes us is that we are very happy to fail compared to anybody else that we've come across. The shame in failing is something that is, I think, the reason why most people don't want to step into trying something new. Because when you try, the you probability think. of failing, the odds are against you always. Okay. All the ventures that you've done, the odds were against you in all of them, right? And you, I mean, you are a very successful businessman. <laughs> and it, and but you're humble about it. That's great. But at the end of the day, the reason why you should wear those medals proudly is because you've taken those bullets before those medals, which very few people, people even talk about. So one of my friends uh, messaged me today, said that, hey, I'm going through a, a life crisis and I would like to come to you for advice. Because you're so successful. <laughs> I was like, one second, wait, first of all, success yeah. is such a relative term, yeah. right? And... Uh, uh, the person I was talking to before, Ashdin. So I said something about success. He's like, how are you measuring success? Yeah. Which I think was an amazing way yeah. of like what he said. And that got me thinking like, how do you measure success? So how do you measure success? I measure success by asking myself a very simple question every night. Are you happy? So uh, my boo, who I'm very close to, so like large family, we were tight knit, etc. And everything. She would always ask you, Kusha? And that question is something that nobody asks you, right? Everyone wants to know like, hey, what How's are your work? numbers? How's work? Yeah. And like, how are you doing? Okay, 13 cities back up again. Great. Huh? She'll, nobody will ever. And whenever I meet her, like, you know, this question of yours is the most important question everyone should ask themselves before going to sleep. Khushal. So I ask myself that and that's my measure of success. So I was... Uh, talking to my wife about our kids and future and what we should you know, leave them with and how they should be. And so we had a lot of discussion around career and what education they should have and all that. I think the final thing uh, that we discussed on was, I think what we should leave them with is the ability to be happy with themselves. Yeah. If you're able to leave them with that. If you're comfortable us, in your yeah. own skin, I think you're sorted. You're sorted. You again, in terms of percentile, top one percentile for sure. Hundred percent. Because today people stress so much on marks. Yeah. Tenth me kitna hai, twelfth me kitna hai. Yeah. In the long run. Thank God we are not discussing any. <laughs> <laughs> so, while you are in ninth and tenth, yes, it makes a little bit of a difference because you can get into a better college, which may open up a few more opportunities. But in case you don't, yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, but it's made to feel that way for kids, which I think is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that the kid is made to feel that if you don't make marks, you're useless. That may not be that kid's thing. It may be an artist. He may not be great in science. He may not be great in math. So when I reached uh, Edelweiss and um, my bosses were all, I think their experience was 2x my age. Hmm. So they're like, okay, you've come. This is your degree. That's very good. You've mm. done your master's. All right, your education begins today. <laughs> and, and I knew nothing about um, when whatever you feel that you know, once you enter the domain. And plus, I think our um, educational system was pretty outdated. I think with the newer uh, international boards, etc., things are changing a little bit. A tad bit. But I mean, let's not uh, go there because... 
with whatever educational systems that we came through most of the fortune 500 companies are run by uh, like a majority of indians absolutely so, like kudos to it is, it is doing something right it's doing a lot of things right the fact that i think learning as a curve as my grandparents inculcated into all of us cousins is I mean, they always said one thing padho 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 right and th- and that didn't mean like for marks mm. and my granddad had a very simple philosophy is like maza nahi aa raha let's go for a game i think that approach is brilliant i have an exam tomorrow but my grandfather says maza nahi aa raha go for a game so i said this is this is great but i think because he um, kept reading till the last day he was alive that um, put a um, very strong system in me that i need to and he used to say that you know the world comes to your doorstep uh, for for one rupee just pick it up no that was the newspaper for one buck you will know everything that is you need to know that's and one. that's how i started like i i made it a point to read newspapers since i was a kid and i'm addicted to it i mean it's so and i really feel the simplest of things education has nothing uh, your knowledge has nothing to do with education and education has do, uh, got nothing to do with knowledge and the more f- the faster we understand that the faster we can inculcate that into the uh, newer generations the learning curves become exponentially bigger you have a kid no no i'm a kid myself right now <laughs> you're like i shouldn't be allowed to have a kid just yet the minute you have a child your perspective of world education everything starts to change a little bit right correct and uh, so i didn't think a lot in the last let's say uh, between the age of let's say 20 to 30 i didn't really care about indian education system i once i, I got done with my uh, you know this thing uh, i was in a college called ruparel mm-hmm. which is supposed to be the best in bombay yeah it is just filled with nerds nothing else and uh, in those nerds i was the cool one because i used to not study on the second day of college you used to study on the last day of college studies two days before the exam these people who study right from the second day of college Today puts you ahead of a majority of other uh, people who fall on this side of the right uh, the education system in india i think is amazing for a simple reason is it makes you work hard yeah that habit more than anything else puts you ahead of the curve anywhere in the world today the reason indian ceos lead multinational companies is not because the person came out of a iit or iim or whatever by the way to get in there the amount of hard work you have to put in yeah. is insane also have to be smart yeah but when you enter the business world that intelligence what you've learned or the knowledge that you've learned in studies doesn't apply but the habit of working hard does it still continues so an indian like the other day i was reading up somewhere the uh, average indian employee in us is paid 2x of that of an average american employee 2x straight up 2x why they work that much harder they deliver better results they will be get paid more and also i think everything said and done if you look at the return on investment on what our education gave us our education was practically free yours mine yeah 100% yeah so how are we supposed to complain about something that was free <laughs> yeah basic question like if some True. if somebody gives you something free appreciate it like wholeheartedly do not question that it's come to you free okay i would have abused you but no <laughs> like no just stick to that appreciate i think a major chunk of people um, on and plus i think social media is all about either you're crying or you're just flaunting something which is not yours right <laughs> practically either of the two but i think in terms of appreciation gratitude is what everyone lacks i think True. as an entrepreneur and uh, as somebody who wants to keep learning all my life gratitude is something that i have in abundance so so uh, today morning i was mentioning i was talking to uh, ashdin and he gave me his book a copy of his book mm-hmm. it's called uh, change your habits change your life and he said hey i'll autograph it for you so of course please do so he said hey what do you want to focus on this year and the first thing that came on my mind is i want to be more grateful for things and he's like gratitude practice puts you in a different league man get into it so his actual thing in there is like you know hope you achieve your goals and gratitude is one of them he actually put that on paper uh being mindful of what you're not great at and then working on it because see, if you want to get stronger in something yeah you have to first figure out what are you not good at 
and then you can kind of focus on it and get stronger. You're not going to get stronger. If I want, if I want bigger biceps, I can't think of it or work on my legs and expand my biceps. You get it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So same way, once you identify an area that you want to focus on, I think you're able to get on much faster. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, what do you think is your weakness? One of my biggest we um, strengths I can speak of first, if you yeah, if yeah I can. please, because. I think one of my uh, my biggest strengths is that I'm never ashamed of asking for help. If I don't know anything, I'm not ashamed in front of thousand people to say like, hey, how do you Like, I don't know about this. Like, so I went for a uh, AI learning course on, nice. uh, last, and um, it, it was last month where like, okay, just because, because ChatGPT and all the other tools, mm. etc. Freely available. I wanted to u- uh, use those in in a uh, in an analytic um, sense. And though there are many YouTube videos, I'm like, if a course available, why do I I'll go. I'll ask for that help. So I'm not one of my biggest strengths would be from the smallest person to the CEO, from the pion of a company to the CEO of the company. I will not be ashamed to ask for help from anybody. Anybody. So that and I think. Uh, in terms of weakness, I think entrepreneurs have a lot of weaknesses where I think we we tend to really, really uh, question our abilities at every nook and corner, right? I think that gets to us and we really, really always, always would have too much on our plate. I think that's great in some ways, but it should be balanced. So I think in terms of a weakness, I sometimes lack that balance where I feel that I should have a little of this. Um, my like my friends and everything, they think otherwise. They're like, but you travel twice a year, Saleh. You know, this is not ba- or kitna balance <laughs> They don't understand that when I'm traveling, I'm burnt out. I mean, I'm, I'm like, abhi to, abhi to nikal jao se, hone kuch, like I have a shutdown. So I think uh, in terms of accepting, right? So that that is something that I would. So when you spoke about work-life balance, uh, a thought came to me that when you talk about work-life balance, many people say that oh, vacation. Yeah. When I take like, two vacations, I take three vacations, I take one international vacation. All of this. My thought is it. Do you need that vacation to recharge your batteries or to enjoy the place or for what? And I think also, you should build your life in such a way where you don't need a vacation. It's good to go there. But suppose whatever the financial reasons, time name, you know, or your kids have, your kids want to do something else, or you don't go on an international vacation. It's okay. And also, my definition of a vacation or travel is like the way your dad travels. Okay. So, like the way your dad. At 70, you would go uh, knee-deep into the village, it's, uh, the history of the village, what kind of food that they have. Something, I, I feel that is where he has a good cultural exchange. Not that, okay, like most Indians do. They'll go, okay, leaning tower or pizza, check. Uh, okay, Eiffel Tower, check. That is not travel for me. So, I don't like doing that. And I would like to travel with peace of mind. So, being um, a businessman, being entrepreneurs, we have a tendency of being connected all throughout. I want to, on my um, objective and goal would be in the next couple of years to be off the grid whenever I'm going on a travel. So, so if that took me a good 16, 17 years to get to. So, mm-hmm. for example, anytime I have to go to US, I would literally, back in the day, 20, 30, 40 calls in two weeks. Now, one call, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, no. Unless so, there's a fire yeah. or OTP, <laughs> there's no phone call. So, I, I had a very good experience last year where uh, we um, went to Kashmir Great Lakes mm. and it's beautiful. So, people who have not uh, traveled within India, mm. India is gorgeous too. So, um, we went to Kashmir Great Lakes. So, it's a 100 kilometer trek where you are completely disconnected. There's no network. Oh, wow. 100 kilometer trek. Seven wow. day, hundred. So Oof. you're trekking from one point to another, etc. You're like, uh, so we had um, assistance with us, but there were seasoned travelers who were carrying their tents along. 
we don't have the time to teach right look at your schedule look at my schedule whenever we have a little time and we cram something or the other which has been pending for our personal needs right like okay ek book padhi hui hai with with a bookmark like agar kuch nahi mila na this weekend i'm just so i i tend, tend to do that if agar wo ho gaya ye mere ko ye mil gaya aadha din mil gaya theek hai phone band ho gaya great like चार्जर नहीं मिल रहा है बहुत अच्छा सो या आई थिंक अ पर्सन हु इज नॉट विलिंग टू लर्न विल बी अ बिग व्हाट ट्रेंड आर यू सीइंग इन द फूड इंडस्ट्री दैट मोस्ट पीपल हैवेंट टैप्ड इनटू इट इट्स नॉट वेरी ऑब्वियस टू लॉट ऑफ पीपल सो आई थिंक इन द फूड स्पेस बिकॉज़ यू नो वी लिव इन अ एरिया बोथ यू मी वेयर अ वेरी सी स्पीकिंग अबाउट बांद्रा गोली these pockets so there is bandra then there is india and then there is bharat so bandra to india ke bhi bahar hai <laughs> right so where uh, so it's hipster max so whatever trends you see as cafes etc that is a very small segment of the indian food industry so if you ask me like in terms of gluten right oh my god gluten intolerant right the uh, if you do a basic research you'll understand 1% of global population is gluten intolerant right and or the figures can change marginally or the in in india also like if how many people do you know who are gluten intolerant right you, they wouldn't even know if they're gluten intolerant even if they are gluten 
Yeah, and plus they've been shooting here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the the thing is very small. I am I'm not saying that hey, nahi. That is a very yeah. wrong approach Haan. where you like okay, everyone social media because you'll be posting it there, you'll be getting comments. Ye apna paratha bechne ja raha hai. Nahi. ऐसी कोई बात नहीं आप पहले अपना रिसर्च करो देर आर पीपल हुआ ग्लूडन एंड टोलन दैट्स फाइन बट इफ यू डू एनी थिंग इन एक्सेस इज गोइंग टू बी हार्मफुल टू यू राइट नो बी इज टेलिंग यू टू हैव सिक्स ब्लडी भटूरा टूगेदर राइट सिक्स समोसा एनी थिंग इन एक्सेस इज गोइंग टू बी बैड फॉर यू इन टर्म्स ऑफ गुड दिस थिंग फूड ट्रेंड दैट आई फील दैट इंडिया इज नॉट कॉट ऑन इज क्लीन ईटिंग एंड क्लीन ईटिंग इज डज नॉट मीन के यार इट हैज टू बी a healthy salad or something or it has to be something where okay you have to be vegan or you have to be keto all those all those are very small segments on the when you look at the whole now we are the most populous country in the world as a parameter of the percentages that's very small clean eating i think is something that is like what japan does on scale like everything in japan you i'm sure when you've traveled i think uh, your dad would be a better person to ask <laughs> apps more yeah. than yes so when you think of that like in terms of the kind of they would step down to their local uh, markets where i think uh, i've forgotten what they're called the thing where food markets uh, local night markets huh, were there correct yeah they you have similar things in uh, singapore also yeah. now the words uh, i'm yeah I I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I don't know the word for it. Yeah, even yeah. Uh, it's uh, once um, I'll take another break. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay, so they'll just go down to the night market and like have a meal. It's going to be as clean as their home food. So I think clean eating in India is something that needs to still pick on, and that's why I feel Oikidam will be great. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for me? I have many for you. Okay. <laughs> Firstly, <laughs> I need a major discount for all my branches at Equinox Labs. Okay, <laughs> done and done. Yeah, this is on record. This <laughs> is on, on record. On record, yeah. Yeah. You tell me what are the major challenges that you feel as an entrepreneur internal that keep you up at night. So nowadays, not too much, because but that's again after eighteen years of stuff. But in the earlier days, it was uh, cash flows. uh customers don't pay on time you have to pay salaries rent and etc blah 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 right vendors and so on and so forth so cash flow management is, uh, is something that has kept me up again back in the day now not as much nowadays what actually keeps me up at night and this is this may sound very funny is sometimes lack of innovation that i'm like yeah, we have not done too many new things i feel that if somebody is copying you which most people do and we take it as a compliment yep. right uh but if somebody is not copying you you're not doing enough something new for not somebody yeah. not copy you right so we track innovation very closely at equinox since we started tracking it it's improved quite a bit so 5 6 7 years ago innovation is to fall on my shoulders now almost zero innovation falls on my shoulders it is everybody else's oh you need help in innovation i'll come you call me Or you're trying something new, or failing, or not figuring out. Call me. But today, every leader and every team is supposed to come up with innovative things, discuss it within the team, present it once in a week, once in a month to the right set of people. So that is how we solve the innovation challenge. But that used to be another very, very critical thing. And if you want an organization to grow, literally see how many new things are you trying, not succeeding, just trying. You have to keep trying. You have to keep doing new, new things. They'll fail. They'll fail again. It's okay. Try something else. Try something else because something is going to work. Because if you don't make changes, and if you just have one little product, one little service, and you're just saying, "Oh, this is all I'm going to do," it's not going to work. So I think uh, over the last ten years, I think every five years there's something that uh, happens, which is um, which takes the businesses that you, uh, as an entrepreneur, I'm saying, um, takes you five leaps ahead. Okay, but the thing is, you continuously have to keep trying till the time you reach that thing, right? True. So I think um, with Spicebox. Okay, I first automated Spicebox completely. It was great fun doing that. I was like, okay, this is this is something that I want completely automated end to end. Okay, and seeing that whole journey, where from um, actually delivering the first few tiffins on my own, and shockingly, and I once broke down, um, and I, I was um, it, it was June, July, or something. It's pouring, and I'm carrying uh, tiffins, and my car broke down. 
and i'm in knee deep water and i said the fuck am i doing with my life <laughs> yeah i was i was nicely i looked so good in a suit going to office narman point and now suddenly that so <clears throat> from that to automating it completely end to end and when that happened i'm like hey, i'm free now what next so that's when oikeda happened and now with um oikeda i want to make sure that it gets completely automated to that level where we can see international expansion week because that you know, something that keeps you going something that excites you because it's not always a monetary thing that keeps you excited right because just like kids are very happy um, when they when they learn something new or they've made something new it's like playing with clay so this i think is something that you understand much better than me so i think you try you, that you, much more you touched upon it most of the times when we innovate yeah most of the time it's not about money it's about creating more value yeah it's adding more value to us as an organization it's having more fun it's having more fun because when you try something new yeah you're having fun and but that's again a mindset you need to develop right if you're in an organization where failure is looked upon i mean looked down upon uh it's called out kare how come you failed you lost so much money you're not going to try next time yeah at equinox that's how we do we look for failure yeah we encourage failure we literally we have a word that we've coined fail forward fast yeah fail you try something new fail but like fail fast fail fast like let's get over it let's get to the next thing yeah that may also fail it's okay let's go to the next thing yeah but having that right from the top of the organization to all the way to the bottom i think is one thing that we're doing very differently in culture wise which is putting us leap years ahead of most of our competitors right but having that mindset developing that mindset took a little bit of time yeah i can't say oh 18 years ago that's exactly what i wanted and i built it and all no Rubbish. chance in hell it's it probably a little bit like 5 6 years ago when i realized that it's okay to make mistakes i used to be very hard on myself when i made mistakes yeah. i mean i and i make a ton of mistakes right and it's okay once i realize it's okay because i also do a ton of things which are right same thing yeah. with my team my team may take 10 decisions yeah maybe eight of them are right two of them are wrong but if i eight of them right two wrong is is great. a very good thing i know yeah. but if i scolded them for the two wrong they first would maybe only take two decisions maybe Sorry, make the two decisions right eight. and maybe the indecision is the biggest indecision is what i hate second thing if like somebody is not willing to learn that's one second indecisive behavior out like that's the second biggest red flag for me okay. because it's great your decision was bad you fine you took it in the nick of time great that's fine i mean it's okay you i mean and if your ratio is 8 to 2 8 good to 2 bad i think you and me will never be able to do a venture together because no like, no so it, this is the day to day decisions when we do innovation day to day innovation sab mein after no no day to day is is 8 to 2 in innovation back in the day it is to be 1 is to 9 one right nine wrong it's getting better it is now it it has now come to almost out of 5 3 are right 2 are wrong wow which is not bad on innovation that's right? huge and here's the fun part these are not innovations by me this is my team in the pandemic we launched three new verticals in the organization with zero involvement from, from you. me zero we launched an entire vertical it's called pcvt product claim validation testing I wasn't involved in the concept. I wasn't involved in the naming of the service. I wasn't involved in the costing of the service. My team conceptualized it, launched it, took it to clients, figured out pricing, everything done. They're saying, "I'm hearing they were PCBT. PPT is mad. I weekly mad. I'm happy PCBT. कर रहे हैं क्या? अरे सर ये we are trying something new. We'll let you know when it launches. ठीक है भैया करो. Six months later, it's now a ten-people team is generating a significant amount of revenue. We're working with amazing global brands are now coming to us for that. Wow, and completely conceptualized by teams, executed by teams, everything by team with my zero involvement. So that is something that keeps me up. If you ask me, what keeps me up is um, that the business should survive even if I don't. I would want to tweak that a notch. Business should thrive, thrive even in your absence. Absolutely. Then you know you've done something right. Right. And many people will take that in the wrong way. thinking oh if they without me then they, you know let the business grow then what use am i but that's the state you want to be in yeah i want to be when i'm 45 i am not needed i don't yeah. need to work at all and they need help they'll call me others i don't need to work yeah and slowly and steadily i'm getting there yeah right 
so gurmeet i think uh, me and my team was talking your profile and we found that every year you take underprivileged kids for movies give us a little bit more so uh, there are um, a lot of institutions that we work with and so since the last all you know uh, being from a catholic school etc and everything and coming from that background and now also being married to a catholic so christmas is special right so and plus it's it's not it's got nothing to do with religion or anything it's just that that mo- that uh, time of the year is where everyone's in the celebratory mode Correct. no matter what yeah, globally course, 100% so i said why not bring a smile to kids who are underprivileged and um if in a very small way we can play santa for them why not so this trend started approximately around 10 or 11 years ago where every uh, christmas we would take underprivileged kids for a movie so started off with like 30 40 50 people kids it's ballooned to 500 600 oh wow so so uh, and there are a lot of organizations which help us huh. execute this because it's not it's not an easy task because yeah the loo break itself takes half an hour 45 minutes okay <laughs> and you can imagine taking all of those and there are volunteers like because at the end of the day imagine you have kids yeah. taking one kid uh, somebody else's kid yeah yeah for a movie and now you're, you're talking about 500 and wow so uh, and so this is done in mumbai or it's done mumbai mumbai very nice so it, it gives us great a uh, great pre- uh, pleasure to uh, do that and so a very small thing and also i think uh, is something i wanted to talk to you about that i think we can do this together where we should get into education for the underprivileged and yes i think that's a very very very, very noble cause uh, so we do uh, the way we are able to contribute in a small way we run a uh, ngo called million lives hmm. so every year we do things where we want, we strive to improve million lives so the last time we were actually able to hit and cross that number was 2018 where we actually worked with government of maharashtra Uh, for anganwadis anganwadis where the mid day hmm. meals are prepared and through educating the anganwadi people we were able to ensure that the food that is served in maharashtra is safer so in the last 4 5 years there's not been a single incidence of food poisoning or any, any of the anganwadis across maharashtra nice. which is a huge thing oh so we took this idea to fssi saying hey guys here's the model we used they were very impressed they're like yeah yeah we'll take it and we'll implement it in the country they were not able to uh so i think now we may be do taking it back saying okay since you guys are not doing it either this year or next year uh, when we are able to gather the funds because doing it on a national scale is yeah it's a eight nine figure sorry 10 figure job right uh so we have to we have to arrange funds some of it we can do some of it i i, I know a few people who say oh we'll come in we'll come and help one is money the second also is the logistics of managing you know this is quite hard so that's it's a mass, it's a mammoth project so mammoth mammoth project and the reason we started it is because that is an area that we already have domain expertise in food safety is something that we've been doing for last 15 years so we thought ki that's our best way of contributing see one way you can contribute money yeah. which is a great way of doing it second way you can contribute time yeah. and third which i think is the most unutilized is you can contribute talent right when i bought a money is quite simple i donate to a charity theek hai well, that's the simplest way if you can't do anything rutna karo now if you have a little more you want to do you can work on ground right and i used to work uh, for one of the ngos on the ground and one day when i met the ceo of that ngo and uh, he was like oh do you come here i said i come here every two weeks i'm here he said hey instead of you spending time on ground can you spend time with me why he's like because i told him what i do how we do it and all he's like hey can you help me i'm the i'm a first time ceo i don't know i mean i'm I'm a hired CEO. I don't know how to see you, <laughs> so I don't know how to see you. I don't so, know how to see you is a great thing. To <laughs> That's a nice meme somewhere. I don't know how to see you. I don't know how to see you, right? Uh, so can you help me with that? So I actually helped him with that. Uh, we took their fundraising from five CR to eight CR in less than six months. Uh, we were able to optimize their entire uh, funding activity because the way they grew is people used to donate to them on their birthdays. That's it. They didn't ask for funds. They didn't update people that we are doing this with your money. We just started that, and for me, it was such a simple thing to do. But this never came to that person because the person didn't have the experience. I've gone through the experience of marketing. Yeah, this yeah. is marketing, right? So we were able to do this quite uh, quite quickly. Yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is uh, we have a lot of uh, you know, uh, 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 u
but that has been that has been able to uh, we've been able to impact a lot of lives through that we are actually launching this year later this year an app called karma karma because when i say karma people are like it's not karma it's karma it's your right? american so action kicks in every now and then right so we're launching karma uh, the idea is connect ngos and people who want to volunteer but no money you can't transfer money nice. you want to, once you meet them you want to give directly you give that's not from me you can do time. two things you can give your time on ground or you can donate your skill example like i'm a good uh, i'm good at making videos so i can make a promo video for them or oh, i'm good at uh, graphics i can make graphics for them i can handle the social media or oh, i'm a good cfo i can handle the finances for them or oh, i'm good at fundraising i can help them raise you know funds for cfo whatever it is yeah you so can donating do 20 us. things like <laughs> I, i was just thinking that you are good at all of these actually so i'm going to capitalize on that also from your end so the the point is uh, whatever you can do i think you should and everyone who is able to should donate 1 2 3 hours of their week or even a month yeah. i know 2 3 hours a week may be difficult for a lot of people 2 3 hours a month is not utna to karna chahiye idea of karma is it makes it easy means today or sunday i want to you will open the app it will show you like in your neighborhood within 1 kilometer of you what are volunteering opportunities oh wow click and you go that's, that's what we are launching thing. that is what we are, so it's really like ola and uber or zomato or oh. so i think the um, when you give people access half the thing because i think most people do not get that um, they can't remove that time or are lazy to do that generally which, which is the case with mo- most of us correct right? if you have something which is easily accessible within 1 km the barriers most of the barriers are taken care of that's the right? friction no yeah, so today if you tell me from here hey go to burivli yeah yeah to donate one hour of your time i'm like boss i'm not going to spend one and a half two hours going there to us coming back to donate one two hours of my time doesn't make sense but Then if you tell me here is 5 minutes away a dog shelter here which needs help yeah because see at the end of the day logistics in bombay like 3 hours going and coming is and plus one hour so you're not donating one hour of your time you're donating four hours of your time so that becomes a, a difficult task and a difficult ask also for so karma is designed to actually solve that problem so that's that's coming later this year super right Uh, Gurmeet, thank you so much for taking our time and sharing so many valuable insights here. And it's great to know what motivates you. It's great to know where you want to take or get done, right? And I think your story is going to inspire a lot of new people to start journeys and to I think think about scale because I know so many people who want to start something, they don't know how to and they stop. Hmm. Two, they start something and they make they make it small. They don't. They want to make it big, but they have no clue how to. So I'm hoping your story gives them a little bit of insight, a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration for them to grow. And I wish you the very best. Thank you so much.